You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B, and this is episode number 72, Why Weight Loss is Hard. All right, you guys, for those of you who don't want to listen to the entire podcast, let me just cut straight to the chase. The short answer is because you think it is. And for the rest of you who are going to listen, hi, (laughs) welcome to the Fitness Matters Podcast every single week. We talk about the fitness matters that matter to you, and I am your hostess, certified life coach, Paula Bowers, your best middle-aged fitness friend. I've been waiting so long to say that. I'm so excited. It's not the point of today's podcast at all, but can can we just have a quick minute, just a quick minute to talk about getting a goal that you didn't even realize it was a goal for a while. And then when it was, it became this thing that encompassed your entire life for like six months. And then you did it. And then you got to announce it to all your closest friends on your podcast. Yes. That's how I feel right now. Hey, you guys, let's talk about why weight loss is hard for reals. So, so I know, I know that, you know, because you're here listening to the podcast where we talk about fitness mindset matters. I know that you know that this is a mindset thing, but this is a particularly, this one might be a particularly difficult one for you because here's, here's what we're really talking about today. Yes. We're kind of talking about weight loss and, and yes, we're going to talk a little, I mean, a little bit about it because, because I know, I know that you, lots of you, think that weight loss is hard. And so we're going to talk really specifically about weight loss, but we're also just going to talk about your thoughts, your thoughts that are masquerading as facts. We all have them. They seem super duper true and they're kind of problematic. In fact, here's why it's problematic. Here's why I know that this is a thing that you would like to talk about, why I know that it's a fitness matter that matters to you is because not a single day goes by when I don't get a comment, an email, a well, I don't really get private messages anymore. I really, I get emails certainly, but I have turned off, I have turned off all private messages because, because I would rather talk to you in public and because your questions and your statements all have relevance for everybody else in the audience. This is again, not the point of the podcast, but let me just tell you when, when I host like live Q and A's in the killer beehive, my private Facebook group or on YouTube, which is, you know, YouTube, I do that on purpose, partly because it's a great way to interact with you. And I totally love it, but also partly because your question, and I mean this so nicely, is not unique. Your question has relevance for everybody else in my audience. Everybody. We're all on this planet muddling our way through the challenges that we have, whether it's about weight loss really specifically or thoughts masquerading as facts or, or any of the things that we talk about on the podcast or in the Q and A's or when you email me, it's all relevant to other people. And, and here's the thing. Here's why I know that this one is particularly difficult for you is because again, not a day goes by where I'm not in the killer beehive or on YouTube or even in my get your goal group to a certain extent where somebody doesn't make some comment about, Oh my gosh, you know, this is, this is just really hard. Weight loss is hard. And, and here's the thing. You can find lots of evidence for that statement being truthy factual. 
When you say weight loss is hard, there are literally hundreds, thousands, probably millions of people who would totally agree with you, who are willing on the daily to chime in on your comment on YouTube or in on Facebook about how, yes, yes, indeed, weight loss is absolutely hard. I'm finding it very difficult too. I totally agree with you. You're right. But here's the thing. Weight loss isn't hard. And I mean that... I mean that as nicely as you can hear it, depending on where you stand on the weight loss is hard front. I will tell you that I did not find weight loss difficult. Any of the, what, half a dozen times that I have lost weight, because I've lost weight several times in my lifetime. When I was a teenager, when I was a young adult, when I was a young mom, again, after when I was not so young of a mom, when I was an older mom and, and again, recently twice in the past, like three years, like I've lost weight sometimes and I didn't, I didn't find it especially hard for me personally. It was way more challenging to maintain way more challenging than the losing my mindset never came to weight loss as though it was going to be impossible or difficult or problematic. I truly thought that I could, and therefore I did. And that wasn't really very hard for me. And I don't mean that to say that it didn't take me a long time or that I didn't have struggles or that I didn't have any difficulty with it. I just mean that I didn't believe that weight loss was hard. Therefore, it wasn't hard for me. It had its moments of difficulty. Again, let me clarify. Let me, let me just split this hair right down the middle here. When I, when I share stories with you sometimes about, yeah, there were absolutely times when I cried. There were absolutely times when I felt frustrated. But I never felt like the entire process was hard. I never felt like it was beyond me. I never felt like it was impossible. I felt like there were individual moments or individual struggles that were difficult at that time. But overall, overall, my thought about weight loss is that it's easy. Anybody can do it. Everybody can do it, in fact. So, so what's the deal with that thought in your mind that weight loss is hard and in my mind that weight loss is easy? Well, my friends, that right there is the definition for something not being a fact. This is, of course, the point in the podcast, if you've listened to any of them, when I'm going to refer you to episode nine, facts versus opinions. Weight loss is hard is an opinion. It's an opinion that has a lot of weight behind it, a lot of people who will agree with you, and probably a lot of practice in your mind that makes it feel like a fact but it's not. And the way we know that it's not a fact is because there are other people in the world who do not agree with you. And when somebody doesn't agree with you, it means that you are holding an opinion and so are they. It means that neither one of you is right and, thank goodness, neither one of you is wrong. You both just have an opinion about a subject. Let me share with you a topic that I found very difficult, a thought that I held for, I'm going to say my entire life until very recently, that that felt difficult for me to think any other way about it. It felt very difficult for me to see it as anything other than a fact. It was something that I stated (laughs) 
constantly to anybody who, anytime it ever came up, was the thought, I'm a linear thinker. And even saying it now, it's so funny. I mean, this is a thought that I've had truly my whole life. Even saying it now, I'm starting to nod my head. Oh yeah, that's totally true about me. Oh yeah, of course. I'm totally a linear thinker <laughs> because, because I'm personally working on this thought still currently. But this thought, I'm a linear thinker. I have tons of evidence for this thought. I could probably, I mean, nobody else really cares, but I could probably get people to agree with me. I mean, like my mom would probably agree with me. My family would probably be like, oh yeah, sure. That's, that's fair. I mean, and maybe they wouldn't. I mean, again, we've, we've already established you guys, this, the point of this podcast is that we are talking about things that sound like facts in your head that are not facts. It is a thought I had that I'm a linear thinker. And my evidence for this, I mean, goes back as long as I can remember. I mean, as a kid, I remember really enjoying games that were very straightforward, that didn't require anything other than like a really linear strategy. I, I was never especially great at games like Risk, but I loved, or, or Monopoly either, but I loved things like Sorry. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward, well, partially because it's, it's a game of chance. You flip the card over, but then you do have to make a decision. Like there's a decision to be made, but it's kind of really only one decision. Which piece am I going to move? And all the pieces follow rules and it's not, there's not a lot to it. It's a very linear game that I happen to enjoy. I still enjoy it. Nobody else in my family enjoys that game because I'm actually pretty good at it. I win sometimes. And anyway, that's beside the point. I, I remember really vividly when my oldest was really young. This is probably the first time that I actually put it into those words really specifically about being a linear thinker. I remember when my youngest was, oh gosh, I mean, tiny, we're talking like seven or eight months old. And of course, the first thing that my husband bought for him was Legos, because obviously, (laughs) obviously babies need Legos. It was Duplo, you know, it was the bigger ones. So you could put them in your mouth and stuff. But my husband was a huge Lego fan when he was a kid. Actually, so was I. I loved Legos when I was a kid. But I will tell you really quickly that when I was a kid, I remember the Legos that would just come in the set of you could do anything with them. And what I loved to do was look at the pictures on the box and try to recreate those. Because (laughs) here it comes. I'm a linear thinker. I didn't I didn't really think about anything else. I didn't really think about what else I could create with them. And this came very clear to me when my son was a very young baby, how my husband would build all these crazy contraptions and I would literally build a tower. Like I would just go straight up. Sometimes I would build a little base around it if I knew that it was going to be a big tower, but like I would just put them together in a very, very straightforward, linear fashion. And I remember being actually embarrassed that my baby was more creative with the Legos than I was. I remember when my kids were a little bit older, I, um, I sold Tupperware for a while and I, have I ever told you that I sold Tupperware? I sold Tupperware for a while. I have had so many, I've had so many jobs, (laughs) like so many jobs. And so many of them were me desperately wanting to work for myself. I long-term listeners will remember, will know this about me that I am a born 
entrepreneur. <laughs> you might remember the story of me being six years old, putting on a parade in the neighborhood and typing up little flyers for the neighbors to come and see this parade for a penny. <laughs> funny story. And my parents were horrified that I was charging a penny, by the way. This is why I've told the story. Because for so many years, for like literally the first 49 years of my life, I was so embarrassed about this story, about how my parents made me reprint a flyer and make the parade free because it was ridiculous to charge a penny for people to come and see my parade. And I had internalized that message as I'm not even worth a penny. And this had a whole lot to do with like my money mindset and how I see myself and all this stuff. But when I was able to reframe that thought of I'm not even worth a penny to, I'm a born entrepreneur. I, oh my gosh, I wave that flag every chance I get. I love it. Anyways, I sold Tupperware. And I remember, I remember being really enthusiastic. Like I, I still love the product. Like I still have the product. Oh my gosh. I, I sold Tupperware like, uh, 17... 16, 17, 18 years ago, a long time ago, like a really long time ago. Oh my gosh. At least 18 years ago. Wow. 18 years ago. That's crazy. Anyways, I sold Tupperware like 18 years ago. I still like literally tonight's dinner is it's an orzo salad that I made in my big that's a bowl. Like I still have this product. I love Tupperware, but I had such a hard time selling it. Oh my gosh. Part of it was me and feeling like uncomfortable with selling techniques. And part of it, what I remember really, really having a hard time with was simply that I thought about it in such a straightforward way. Like, what does this product do? Does this apply to me? Yes or no? Yes, I want to buy it or no, I don't. Like, and so that's, that's basically how I sold it. Like, like I would have these parties and be like, here's a bowl. Do you want it? (laughs) Which by the way, not super effective selling technique. (laughs) Turns out people want to know what the bowl can do for them. It turns out that, I mean, Pampered Chef had it right all along. Like go and cook for people, show them in their kitchen how this can work for them. I personally just wanted to set things up on a table and say, do you like this color? Do you think you would want this? (laughs) Like it was so hard for me to see the possibilities of what things could do outside of just the way that I knew I would use them. And let's be honest, I mean, part of the reason I had a hard time selling was because there were a lot of products. I mean, the products that I loved, totally loved. The products that I didn't use, I didn't really see how other people would use them. So so that reinforced for me this whole thing that I am a linear thinker. I, I either want something yes or don't want something no. Like it was very clear to me that that was difficult for me to sell because of me being a linear thinker. And this, I mean, this has followed me my whole life. I mean, up to and including how I think about YouTube. It is, (laughs) I've been working with my YouTube coach for a year. Yeah, a year. Oh my gosh, yeah. A year last year was when I first started working with her. And, And I am just now starting to embrace kind of, it still feels really weird, but I'm starting to embrace having titles and thumbnails that are not just an absolute straightforward. This is a cardio workout. That's going to take you 20 minutes. (laughs) Like, like, here you go. Do you want it? Yes or no. Will you use this? Yes or no. Like, that's how I think about it. It's a 20 minute workout with cardio and strength. What more could you possibly need to know? Well, it turns out 
people really like to know what they're going to get out of a workout. How am I going to feel? What is this going to bring me in my life? And thinking about my titles and my thumbnails in a way that can help you picture, I mean, literally with the thumbnails, but also, you know, imagine with the titles, what the workout will give you has been a process that clearly has taken me a year since I've been working with my coach for a year. And she still has to remind me with some frequency. Hey, Paula, what's your viewer going to get out of this? Not what is it, but what do they want and what are you offering them? And she reminds me almost every single time we talk about a video that, that I can't just tell you what it is and expect you to understand that that has tons of value for you. <laughs> because what? I'm a linear thinker. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing about thinking that I'm a linear thinker. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. When I would say that sentence in my mind, it felt terrible. It felt very defeating, very closed, very... The word that I came up with actually when I was sitting down to talk to you about this, it felt very... I felt very resigned. Like, oh... I'm a linear thinker. I'm never going to get better than this. I'm never going to be good at this. I'm not going to be able to do this thing that I want to be able to do. Is that how it feels when you think that weight loss is hard? Like you're resigned. Like I really want to lose weight, but I mean, it's hard. I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to happen. I'm not going to be for me. This is why, this is why I started doing a little bit of investigating with this thought that I'm a linear thinker because I didn't like it and I didn't want to be a linear thinker. And so I would try really hard to do things that felt like I wasn't a linear thinker. I would try to create something or other that didn't feel linear. But here's the thing that happened with that. It fell really flat. When I was working on this not being linear on my own, I, I created different videos, different thumbnails, different projects that I was working on that, that came out with a very resigned energy. Like, well, I'm a linear thinker, but I'm going to try not to be... And that's pretty much what it came across as. I did not have any success with projects and thumbnails and titles and, I mean, other things in my life that I try to be creative with. When, when you're coming at something with that resigned energy, that resigned feeling, even if you are squeaking by your actions, you know, hanging on with white knuckles to try and push an action through your results are still going to be very resigned. They're still going to prove that you are a linear thinker or that weight loss is hard. White knuckling your way through actions that don't come from a, I'm going to say good feeling. I mean, we've talked about this before. There's no such thing as a good 
feeling or a bad feeling. There are feelings that help you get where you want to go that are helpful, and there are feelings that are unhelpful. Resigned, just so you know, is a very unhelpful feeling. It is it is not going to spark your best creativity if you are trying to pretend like you are not a linear thinker. It is not going to get you where you want to go to simply white knuckle your way through the actions trying to get what you want. When you can really, really, really understand that it is your thought that is getting you your results, not just your actions, you will realize, as I realized, that I needed some help with my thought. And when I realized that I needed some help with my thought, I came to a really important place in my thought work where I started understanding that that thought wasn't a fact. And here's where we get to the really practical steps, you guys. I have practical steps for you today. There are three of them. Uh, I think there might be more. (laughs) There are three of them that I wrote down. (laughs) I do this sometimes. This is not the point of the podcast. But I do this sometimes. Like, I'll start making my notes for what I'd like to talk to you about. And I'll get about like halfway or two-thirds of the way through. And then I'll get really excited to talk to you about the topic. So I don't always finish the practical steps. Because I'm really excited to tell you things and to talk about the topic. And so I'll just start recording. So there might be more than three steps. We'll see. We'll see. But there are at least three. (laughs) Because number one, number one is simply recognizing that you are having a thought rather than relaying a fact to yourself. And I will tell you, as I often tell you, this is hands down the hardest step. Uh, Just absolutely the hardest step. You will, by the time you understand this thought work, you will have thought this thing that feels like a fact so many times that you simply won't, you won't see it. You just won't. It'll come out of your mouth as though, as though you are saying something like, I am a human being. Like, like it is simply so in you that you don't notice it. Recognizing that for me, recognizing that comes from journaling. It's why I tell you to journal. It's why I tell you to write down your thoughts because you don't always hear it until it's on paper. Things will come out of your mouth. Things will rattle around in your head. But until it's on paper, sometimes it's not really recognizable. When you can see something in black and white, there is, I think, a a separateness from, from being you in a way that other things are not. When something is written down, it just feels different. There's my scientific explanation <laughs> for why journaling works. But another way that you might be able to find a thought masquerading as a fact is if somebody helps you out with it. I mean, this is why coaching is so good too. When, when somebody else can hear you and say something like, okay, but I don't think that. So, so why do you think that? I mean, that's what I, that's why we started with this topic because I don't think weight loss is hard. I didn't find it to be that difficult. And therefore you can now experience what that's like to have somebody disagree with that thought. And that's how you know that it's a thought. So step one, recognizing that you're having a thought at all. I mean, it's a big step. It really, really is. And then step two is to recognize how that thought is making you 
feel. And maybe, maybe this is where you're going to come into it because maybe you don't recognize your thought as a thought, but you do recognize that you feel lousy. This is, this is how I often come to things. And we've talked about this a couple of different times. I think, I think it was probably the episode where we talked about feelings that was literally called feelings. And I don't remember what number that was, even though I just referenced it recently. I could look, I could look, but I have a cat on my lap, but I'm not going to stand up. Anyways, the episode feelings, I think is where I told you that, that most of the time when I notice something in my life, I don't really notice the thought first. I definitely recognize my feelings. I recognize when I feel lousy. Not always right away though, which is pretty funny. Pretty funny to me that sometimes it takes me a while of feeling lousy before I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel lousy. What's going on here? (laughs) Because feeling lousy, I mean, to digress again, feeling lousy is part of the human condition. Like we're not meant to feel great all the time. So sometimes I don't notice it because it's like, well, you know what? Sometimes I feel great. Sometimes I feel lousy. It's just part of the human experience. But, but sometimes I will recognize, Hey, I'm feeling lousy about something that, that really seems like I don't need to like, this seems unnecessarily lousy. This is how I came to recognizing that that thought I'm a linear thinker was a thought because I recognized that it made me feel lousy, that I had a lot of lousy feelings and lousy results from those lousy feelings that I didn't, I didn't want to have anymore. When you recognize either that you're having a thought or that you're having a feeling that you would rather not have, that, my friends, is when the magic happens. Step three is actually the real magic here. You get to ask yourself, what else could I think? My friends, what else could I think is a great question to ask yourself because it opens your mind in a way that simply repeating that same thought, I'm a linear thinker over and over to yourself or weight loss is hard over and over. It doesn't allow you any creative space. It doesn't allow you any breathing room. It feels like a very closed door. When you say, what else could I think? Or even a a variation on this theme, what might somebody else think? Because sometimes that gives you a little bit of separation also. When I ask myself, what else could I think? Honestly, I was stumped for a little while and this is something that your brain will do. It'll it'll offer up, I don't know, (laughs) right away. (laughs) That's totally okay. Give yourself... Give yourself a little bit of space. Give yourself a little bit of maybe the clarity of, oh my gosh, well, Paula thinks something different because I did. I already told you, I don't think weight loss is hard. Knowing that somebody else holds a differing opinion can help give you that that spaciousness. When I asked myself what else I could think, of course, the exact opposite came to my mind. I'm a very creative person. And it didn't feel super truthful, as you might imagine, after years and years and years of thinking of myself as a linear person. But, but when I let myself kind of try that on for size, like, like going into a dressing room and just trying on the coat of, I'm a creative person, I noticed that there were some thoughts rattling around in there. Like, I'm kind of creative. Sometimes I'm creative. I mean, I have over 900 videos on my Paula B fitness channel. And I have never, ever repeated a workout. I have wanted to, just so you know, (laughs) I do 
pretty frequently when I'm coming to a new workout and I'm not feeling super like inspired or motivated or you know creative to create a new workout. I'm like, you know, I could just pull one out from 2014. I mean, who's done those workouts? <laughs> I think it all the time that I could just go pilfer one of my own old workouts. But then I'm like, no, I haven't done that yet. Let's see what I can come up with. And also, I mean, just really specifically, my workouts from 2014 were just really different. They were super hard. They were like all floor work and all very, very gung-ho and not, not really where I am right now, just mentally or physically as far as the kind of content that I'm creating. So I've never gone through and, and repeated an old workout. And when I think about that, like 900 videos, obviously I reuse the same exercises in different ways. Sometimes I use the same protocols in different ways. Like, like I'm mixing and matching. I have, I have a couple of different things that I really like to do, but I've never fully repeated an entire workout. That's pretty creative. When I look at that, that makes me feel well, honestly, it, it makes me feel really like open and, and happy, like good. Let's just go with that. I feel good when I say to myself, I'm a creative person. But here's the trick. Here's the kind of hidden step 3A or maybe even a hidden step 4. Sometimes that doesn't feel very truthful yet. Like it feels good. Like, oh, that'd be so nice if I could totally believe that. But... But there's still some skepticism in there. I mean, there's years for most of us, which would be like probably hundreds of thousands of times we have heard this thought in our head that made it feel so factual of thinking weight loss is hard or I'm a linear thinker. So simply telling myself now I'm a creative person. It's like, okay, sometimes I'm creative. I have, I have the ability to be creative, but I'm not, I'm not a creative person. Like that just, it felt like way too big of a leap to go directly there. So I tried on a couple of other thoughts for size. And the one that I'm currently like really happy with when I notice myself trying to come back to the thought of I'm a linear thinker, because again, as, as we started this podcast, when I said it, I started nodding to you, even though you can't see me. I, yeah, it still feels really truthful, but I have another thought that when I recognize that I am thinking I'm a linear thinker that I can be like, oh, but I'm also a creative person who enjoys formulas and routines. And I got to be honest, this one feels very truthful to me. This one feels very believable, very, yeah, very good. Like I could, I could continue to say this and never get all the way to this thought of I'm a creative person because, because this thought feels really good. This thought feels like I'm creative enough, which I can't refer you to a really specific podcast because I don't remember which one it was, but this is where I came to with my thought that is a recurring thought of I'm stupid. I'm smart enough. Sometimes Sometimes you don't have to get all the way to the opposite of this thought that feels very difficult for you to train, to try and change, or that feels very hard in your life that feels very resigned or painful or hard or bad for you. You don't have to go all the way to weight loss is easy and anybody can do it. Where you might go is simply something believable. Maybe even a thought like weight loss is hard, but I'm going to stick with it. Weight loss 
isn't hard for everybody, but sometimes it feels difficult for me. Like try on different thoughts. This is, this is the step three of asking yourself, what else could I think? You can think anything. Like there is an infinite number of thoughts that you could think about any, any topic that feels factual to you right now, but is in fact an opinion. Try them all on. See which ones feel good. When you find one that feels maybe not all the way to like amazing, like this is the best feeling I've ever had in my life, but better than whatever it was that you were thinking, that's how you know that this is a thought that you can practice. This is a thought that you can work with. This is a thought that you can start incorporating into your life. And then And then we go back and repeat these steps because you're going to have to continue to notice when you're having the thought of weight loss is harder, I'm a linear thinker, or I'm stupid, or whatever it is that your thought is that feels very factual right now. You're going to have to continue to listen for it. That thought is not going to just simply dissolve itself. It's not going to just go away. You're going to need to be a little bit diligent. This isn't a one-time process where you simply dig it up and be like, oh, okay, well now I'm gonna think this new thought, boom, we're good here. You're gonna need to notice where it crops up in your life. You're gonna need to notice when you start thinking it automatically because it's been so automatic for so long. Or, the step two, you're going to need to notice when you feel lousy. Either one, step one or step two, they, they're, they're both step one, I guess. <laughs> they're both two sides of step one. Notice when it shows up in your life, either in your thoughts or your feelings. Notice where it is and then practice that thought that feels a little bit better. And then when that thought that feels a little bit better, feels completely truthful, maybe there's another thought for you that feels even better than that. Being open to the fact that someday I might look around my life and be like, oh my gosh, I am such a creative person. It might happen. It totally might. I don't, I don't think I need to do that. Like I don't think that I need to be anywhere other than where I am with my thought about how I'm a creative person who really likes formulas and routines because that thought feels so good and feels so spacious and allows me to be creative rather than resigned. But being open to thinking a slightly better thought can leave you always open to thinking a slightly better thought. At some point, you might get all the way to weight loss is easy for everybody and everybody loves it. (laughs) That doesn't feel very true, does it? It doesn't feel very factual. But maybe, maybe that's a thought that's available to you. My friends, ha, this was fun. This was a fun little, fun little weird trip down memory lane for me and hopefully a helpful piece of information for you to find your thoughts and feelings that don't feel amazing and realize that that's what they are. They are thoughts and feelings that don't feel amazing and recognize that you can think anything else if you want to and if you're willing to practice it. And you know I want to know, what's a thought that you have that feels so true for you that you could think about in a different way? I hope you'll share. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I'll talk to you again soon.
So are you totally loving this mindset work and you really want to do it like, you know, every day in order to get your goal? Then my friend, you need to join the Get Your Goal group. It is my personal and private, very interactive coaching and accountability group where every day we talk about your mindset and we get your goal. You can learn all about it at paulabfitness.com slash get dash your dash goal. I'll see you in the goal group.